behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. And it is that time. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. It's Saturday morning, but I know a lot of you listen to us on Tuesday afternoons as well thank you for doing that and uh, Dennis, Sundays. and and sunday afternoons as well yeah, so yeah. thank you all for doing that yeah. and if you're listening to us when we're not live which we're live on saturday mornings nine to ten you can text a question 307 200 307 200 you can also call the studio line while we're here live 303-477-5600 myself dennis brewster and you brought a guest i did who'd you bring my sister-in-law kim she's an appraiser Appraisal, yep, appraiser, appraisal, appraisal, appraiser. <laughs> yep. Good morning. Good morning, yeah. Kim. Awesome. I thought right. that would be an interest, interesting yes. subject. We've talked about that several times. Yeah, and especially in today's market, you know, it's well, any market, it's always good to to know what an appraisal, what happens during appraisal, what yeah. do you look at, and uh, what what are good things to put onto your home to add value to it. Yeah. So she's, to me, she's the expert on it and stuff, and. Well, she won't she do does. my house. She no. won't do my house because there's a professional yeah. um, code of ethics there. Yes. Yeah. So makes sense. I appreciate that. Okay. You know, we'll I, get I into that. that. Yeah. Those of you that are listening, you have a question on appraisals or anything along those lines, please call us 303-477-5600. We can answer questions outside of that as well, which we always do. So feel free to call in with anything you've got, you know, around the house questions, things like that. Let us know. Don't forget Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Uh, they are now one of our main sponsors, and I appreciate them ever so much. Also, you can find all of our sponsors at fixitradio.com. All one word, no hyphen or anything. It's fixitradio.com. Their direct line, 720-526-0231. And uh, we've got calls coming in as we speak. But we'll get into appraisal, so don't worry. We'll get those questions answered as well. I have a few questions, as Dennis knows myself. Yeah. So we'll do those here in just a moment. Uh, Jerry and Greeley, what's going on this morning, sir? Well, a friend has a problem with his backyard sprinkler system. He's got a zone that doesn't work, and he can't find the zone valve. Um, this installation 25 years ago, they buried the zone valve <laughs> underground. Oh. oh. And um, he bought one of those electronic gizmos where you hook, hook a signal on one end. Yeah, trace it. The, yep. At the timer. Well, Tone it. He had limited success with that. He, he hasn't been able yeah, to. Yeah, that'd be tough. Those are hard under the ground. Yeah. It takes a special toner to, uh, you know, basically it's an underground toner, Jerry, to find the wires. And if there's a break in the wire, which there very well could be, it won't even go all the way to the valve. So it'll stop at wherever that break is, of course, also. And, well, and also we rented a metal detector, and, and that didn't really No, because either. most of those valves were, were plastic. I mean... Yeah, there's some metal in them, but I don't know how much of it, you know, versus the trash and the things that are, you know, some of the other metal pieces and things that are in the yard as well. That makes it really difficult. Uh, what about that Wallabot? Did you try that? No, I haven't got mine yet. Do you? No. I haven't, no, I haven't got it yet, so no, I, I don't would, know. I would wonder if that would work. You almost you need something to look for it. Yeah. yeah. And so here's a question, uh, Jerry. Can he back trace it from you know that particular zone that's not working i mean does he have any idea at all where you know the 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 first and last head is and where you would you know where you would start tracing the the line itself 
we um, we tried to do that, and apparently the heads that this in this zone are like grown over. We're we're not having any luck even finding the heads. Um, wow, it's pretty shaggy. Do you, yeah. have, do you have any heads open at all? No, we can't locate. The heads and well, and it's a it's a tremendous distance from um, where we, we we found four of four of the five zones in the backyard clustered together, you know, sort of like a manifold. Right. But, but uh, this other one appears to have split off somewhere. Um, and, and my suge- here's where I'm going with this. My suggestion would be to go backwards on this. If you can find one head in that zone that's not working, you could take that off. You could you know adapt an air fitting to it, run air through that. And then go yeah. backwards to try yeah. to determine where things are at. That's about the only other way I would know to trace it out without just digging it up or yeah. starting over and putting new stuff in. Yeah, that'd probably be the way to go. Start over. You can almost do new stuff faster. Yeah, and then when you'll find it, you'll find oh. it then. You'll dig it up. Yeah, you'll dig it up. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good idea, John. New, new. I mean, you, you could do it that way. If you can't find it with the air method, then honestly, Jerry, you could you, put poly pipe and new heads in about as fast as anything and just start over yeah it'd be cheaper too probably yeah. in the long run you may end up having to do that anyways yeah because you won't be able to find the parts <laughs> i never thought of that all right well thank you gentlemen you're very welcome jerry thank you that is the downside to buying something that you don't know the history of and where it was right right not knowing not talking to the previous owner to find out how they set everything up if they even knew that's right. the other problem. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even know. Yeah, it could be four generations down before they... Exactly. Yeah. You, have no I- so. you have no idea. Right. And that, and that happens in some of the older homes. So it's just something to to consider. And again, that one way to do that is to find one open valve, figure out an uh, air apparatus where you can run some air through it, and then try to listen to where yeah. things are going. And it, you may have some success that way. You may not. It's really hard to say. So Sometimes right. it's cheaper to dig up the whole system it and start It may very over. well be. Yeah. Again, uh, phones, uh, lines are open 303-477-5600, text line 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. So feel free to give us a call or text message either way, and we can take care of it that way as well. Let's talk some appraisal, shall we? Yes, we should. So do you want to uh, – and we're not giving Kim's company name out for obvious reasons. We just brought her in as a professional to explain different things mm-hmm. when it comes to appraisals. What is it that you guys – you know, how does it work? How do you, you know, I guess walk us through that. So when somebody, you know, when, a, when a, a bank, I'm assuming is who calls you guys to have an appraisal typically, unless somebody just wants an independent appraisal and they're going to pay you directly, typically it's the financial institution that's hiring you, correct? Correct. So walk us through how all this works. Uh, you get uh, a bank and they hire you to go out and uh, do an appraisal and you need to be uh, knowledgeable about the area that you're doing. Okay. So, so in other words, they're not going to hire somebody from Salt Lake City to come to Denver to do no. an appraisal unless they're familiar with our area. Right. And uh, I'm from Elbert County, so okay. I do a lot of rural properties. and Which it, is its own unique factor, right? Because somebody doing res- – normal, and I've ran into that myself. Somebody doing normal residences in doesn't Denver. have the experience yeah. to even do the rural areas. Right. And really – they're, they should have no business going out there if they don't have the experience. And that's a problem that we face in our industry because there's so many people that need appraisals right. and not enough, not enough appraisers. appraisers. Right. Right. So then you go out to the property, you do the measurements. It goes by a lot of above-grade square footage. Okay. Um, Below-grade is considered, but it's uh, the above-grade is that the main we value, go by. Right. right. Okay. You go by the materials that are in the kitchen, 
the quality, the condition, uh, the outbuildings, whatever. And then you go out and you try to find comparables. Mm -hmm. And I need to stress this, that when you say comparables, it's comparable to the property. Real comps. Real comps. You can't, just because it's the same size, you should look at... Uh, you can't compare a ranch-style home with a two-story unless that's all you have if you're in a small town or okay. that type of thing. Okay. Then you go to the comparables, and we have rules. Appraisers have rules. You should stay within 20% of the square footage, minus and plus. You should try to get the same acreage if you can. Okay. If it's less than an acre, it really doesn't have a lot of... Um, adjustable value in anything less than an acre. You can go, uh, a a subdivision is up to 35 acres, so you have a little leeway there. Mm -hmm. So then you adjust, but you have to remember that in order to adjust for something, when a person tells you about the upgrades in the house and they think that their house is worth a lot more than someone else in the neighborhood, or the houses mm-hmm. any, around there, you have to remember that an appraiser has to have support right. to adjust. And then without the support, they can get in a lot of trouble. Okay. All right. Let's take a call. Great explanation, by the way, Kim. And there's more to that. We'll get into that as well as we go through the rest of the hour. Steve in the Springs, what's going on, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. Lady, are you enjoying this stupendous Saturday? It is beautiful. Out. Absolutely. Yeah. Quick, quick HBAC question. Something's changed here. You know, I normally get the AC serviced every summer. Uh-huh. They would come in, inspect everything, I'd blow out the condenser and compressor, and actually check the pressure or the refrigerant. Right. Now they don't do that. They don't do anything that I can't do, which is look at the compressor, condenser, and go, yeah, yeah, looks okay. But you'd think they'd want to disclose, oh, by the way, we don't actually clean and blow out the compressor, condenser, or, oh, and by the way, we don't check pressures on the refrigerant. You know, just, it might be into Jurassic here and thinking that you might want to disclose that. Why do they not? Yeah, I would think that you would hook up gauges just to see how it's working. I mean, whenever we work on a car, that's what we had to do. We had to put gauges on it to make sure what the pressures are. And you would do that with an AC system. I've been to three of them, and all it is for them is a visual look-see and go, oh, you need another $19,000 system. Yeah. Okay, guys. No, that's I'd not find how a different that's supposed company. to work. Yeah, which, and, and I know Absolute, you know, a new sponsor of ours, Absolute doesn't go that far, I don't believe, Steve. They're up in the Thornton area, but they could definitely, uh, I'm guessing, they could at least refer you to somebody down in your area that would do that the correct way, and you could ask them these same questions, and I guarantee you they're going to tell you what I'm saying, which they should be checking the system. Yeah, and if I called a company I up, I would ask them, are you going to put gauges on? What are you going to do when you come out to inspect my... Right. And, and I think as consumers, we should be doing that. We should be asking, what are you going to do when you come out to do this? What am I paying for? Right. Yeah. I've always paid for it, always got it, but in the last couple, three years, it's completely changed. Last, next question, did you get a chance to test drive the X-ray Vision Superman nope. wall box? No, didn't, didn't we just yet. talked about that. i got to trace mine and see yeah, where it's at. Yeah, i got to see what's at. I was thinking that a week's time I'd have seen it by now, but I, know, I, I was excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm curious how that's going to do. On medical image again, your heart, pancreas, and liver. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Last question for Appraiser Kim. Um, as you know, we're in northern Colorado Springs, but our market is less than Denver, but quite a bit more than Pueblo. Mm-hmm. But every single cotton pick and appraisal, there's a few go-getter agents, so I just got the last one, that has all the last quarters active pending and sold. Each and every one sold for 50 to 65 grand over the listing price. And I know the issue with appraisals is it's hard 
for the comps to catch up right. with the sales price in a hot market. And we talked about how people have to come to cash with closing. Otherwise, you eliminate a whole bunch of people right there. And then I was wondering also if you have seen the termination of these love letters that a lot of agents used to put in and some still are when you had 10 multiple contracts. There's a love letter with the kids and a dog and how much we love your neighborhood. Right. Because that's kind of an ethical, right. too. If you oh, or sell me the house. house. I'm your guy. Yeah. I'm your yeah. family. But if you have 10 contracts, two love letters, it puts everybody else on an uneven playing field. But for your appraiser, Kim, you'd appreciate this. My sister's in everything between Kona, Hilo, and everywhere. Mm, yeah. And the directions to get to some of these places, you don't just put the address and zip code on a GPS. It's like, go to this palm tree here and then go down the <laughs> right, mountain. Right, right, And everybody's growing weed, and she says, I don't care about the weed. I'm just here to praise the property. Right, yeah. But anyway, what are your thoughts on both love letters and the gap between? Yeah, the gap's the a great question. Price. How long does that stuff take to catch up, Kim? The, the you know this gap that we're or this it's, this it's, increase in sales price that we're seeing today on the bid up. How long does it take for that to catch up to the real as values? As soon as the house sells. Okay. Because then you can then use those for a comp. Okay. Exactly. All right. And as far as love letters, that's more on the real estate it doesn't affect side. You guys. It doesn't affect us. No. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day. You're very you welcome, too. Steve. I appreciate it. Yeah. Great questions. And any more of those, please give us a call, 303-477-5600. And I think, yeah, I think, Kim, you, you said that well a moment ago. I think people have misconception that, well, you know, once once this bid up, say it goes up 50K, the house sells, it closes, and so on. I think people have this misconception that there's like this six-month gap of it catching up to the appraisal world. But no, as soon as it's a sale, it's a sale, and you can use it as a comp. No, as as far right. as like the assessor's office that's that uses different. the sales, that's when that there's a leg. Right. Yeah. That's a different. That's a because they only come around or they reassess every couple of years. So right. that's a whole different ball game. That's than a whole what you're different doing. ball game. Right. You're looking at actual comps, yes. what's sold, the most equal recent properties, and so on. The most recent, recent, the most comparable. Okay. Right. All right. We'll come back talk more about that. Lines open 303-477-5600. Myself, Kim and Dennis, we'll be right back. This is uh, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National 
the No Surprises Insurance Agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Managers control their employees. Leaders empower them. John Rush will teach you how to run your business as a leader, not manager, so you have the freedom to do what you love. You went into business for yourself because you wanted freedom, but right now your business couldn't last one day without your involvement. Learn how to stop micromanaging and give your employees more responsibility so you can step back and enjoy yourself. Send an email to john at rushtoreason.com. Make your life more convenient. You just found out that in order to install a new appliance in your home, you need a new electrical panel. Your current panel isn't safe or energy efficient, so it can't support the additional load. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air makes an inconvenient situation simpler. The live chat feature at AbsoluteFix.com stays active 24-7, 365, so you can schedule your estimate with a real human being at midnight on a Saturday. You get a two-hour time window for your appointment, so you don't need to wait around all day for a technician to arrive. 30 minutes before your appointment, you get a text message with a photo and a bio of your technician so you know who's coming into your home. Then, 15 minutes after they leave, you get a phone call asking how they could have provided an even better experience. Make your life easier. Schedule an estimate with Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air at AbsoluteFix.com. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. All right, and we're back, Fix It Radio. And again, we want to thank Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, one of our great new sponsors. Thank you guys very much for uh, all that you do and helping us out here as well. Joe in Jersey, what's happening, sir? Hey, I got two appraisal questions, but first, a little bit, a little comment. Anybody's thinking about a barbecue? They have collapsed in prices now that the Fourth of July weekend has. Oh yeah, oh yeah, by. yeah. It's a good yeah. time now. Good one, yeah. yeah. Good time to buy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I looked at one. I was, you know, I was taking note. There was a thousand dollar one that had come down to five forty. It was five forty nine the week before. Uh, Fourth of July was at right out, right outside Lowe's, and I saw it the other day. That five hundred forty nine dollar barbecue is now three ninety nine. Nice. They dropped, so it's you can buy it now for a third of what you're going to pay for. Good it in tip. Spring. Good tip. Yeah. yeah. And you get a good price on a trigger. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Anyway, my appraisal question. As you know, I sold my house uh, last fall in Colorado, and appraisal question. The first appraisal we had uh, was doing comps. Now, our house we had a thirty six acre horse ranch. It's set up on the overlooking the Plum Creek Valley, spectacular views in every direction. You could see all the way down the all the way down the I-25 Valley to Colorado Springs. You could look up at Devil's Head. You could see everything. And the appraiser uh, was comping us to a, a home about a quarter mile on the back side of the hill that was down in the valley, and all it could see was I-25 and maybe a quarter mile into the trees. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't see a single mountain. Couldn't see Mount Evans. Couldn't see anything. And he said, well, I can't take the view into account when I'm comping your house. And I, I just found that uh, incredible that just because that they didn't. And is that common to not be able to take a view into account when you're uh, valuing a property? No.
This is a coordinated monthly test of the emergency alert system by broadcast stations and cable systems in your area. If this had been an actual emergency, an official message would have followed the alert tone. This concludes the test of the emergency alert system. That's what I was trying to explain as far as when you do an adjustment, you have to have support. And in order to have support, you have to have enough data for your analysis to do a, an ad adjustment. So in those cases where you have somebody that has landscape and fencing where the other comps may not, you, you kind of have to lean you know, okay. lean. And if you can find a comp that has it, then at least you have one comp that sold for a certain amount of, of, of money that mm -hmm. you can lean towards the price that that, that, that one sold. Got it. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's you know, not an exact science. I mean, That's the last appraisal I got, Joe, I, I got virtually no value out of the two and a half acres of white vinyl, you know, fencing. You know, it's a six foot tall sure. A white vinyl fence all around the front two and a half acres of my property you know all the landscaping the drive the lighting the whole nine yards i mean i've virtually got no value out of that on my appraisal at all none yeah, so I, I think i was uh, gonna say so hopefully the appraiser can find something quote close. unquote comparable and well, he, you know he, but he, you... Found, he found other properties but they for instance they had steel t-post fencing you know, which is not the same. Cheap mm -hmm. and, yeah, cheap and ugly. Mm -hmm. the last time I looked, a three-rail post and rail fence was like thirty-five dollars per eight-foot section. I had seventy thousand dollars right worth of post and rail fencing, and he said, "Nope, can't give you any credit yeah. over that this or the comp for your seventy thousand dollars worth of post and rail fence." Keep in, in mind, cost and value are two different things, also. Right. So, if the market's telling you that that is is valuable, I mean it then you can adjust for it. Sometimes you just can't because you don't have any way to prove. You have to be able to prove your adjustment. So some, that's why leaning is, well, is and, the and best why, way to put it. That's the other thing that you said earlier too, and Joe, I think this is part of the problem at least that I, I'm having in my neck of the woods, and I'm guessing it's happening in a lot of places, is number one, not enough appraisers to go around, which Kim said earlier. Number two, when it comes to some of these unique rural properties like what you had and I currently have, Joe, I don't feel like there's enough educated appraisers out there in that world right. to even get a good solid appraisal because you take a guy doing normal track homes, even even a million dollar track home isn't the same as what you and I had when it comes to getting an appraisal done because it's if it's not sitting on property and it doesn't have all the things that you just mentioned, Joe, it, to me it's it's not a it's not a solid appraisal and it's not a solid appraiser for that particular property. Yeah, and if an appraiser lives in Castle Rock or he does that area and they say, Okay, here you know, go do this one, but he's been doing residential the whole time. He has no clue what he's doing. Small residential, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same mm -hmm. at all. Hey, Joe, it's a yeah. problem. Tell, yeah. tr trust me, it, is, it a is a problem. And yeah. I have a little sister who lives in Conifer in a huge uh, log home. Yeah. And they they were refinancing. They had an appraiser come, and he appraised it for half of what it was worth because they were just refinancing. It was just right. right. Not an not a big deal to him, and it it it. I think that 
somewhere yeah. along the way, you should be able to say, I don't want this appraiser or I want a reappraisal because this wasn't done right. Hold that yeah. thought. We'll talk about that after we come back from the break because that's a great, what you just said, I think is a great comment. Joe, anything else along those lines? Because I agree no, with her on that. That's what, we, that's what we did. And when the, we got the second appraisal, it came in $400,000 higher than the first guy. The problem wow. I had on wow. mine doing a, the, you know, doing, and you sold your, so you're in a different ball game. But when right. it comes to a refi, and you're over a certain value and you get two appraisals, the financial institution is taking the lower appraisal of the two no matter what, and you're, in, in my case, I'm getting screwed. Um, well, in this case, it was, you know, for the... the uh, yeah, you had a sale, sale, so it was a different situation. Yeah. You already sold it. Yeah. All right. I won't hold you guys. No, no good stuff, Joe. That, that's, those okay. are great comments. We can come back and talk more about those two, and I, I appreciate that very much, Joe. Great comments. Mike and Lakewood, you're next. Hello, Mike. Hi, how are you this morning? Good. Hi. How are you, how sir? Are you? Good. Um, quick question. I'm kind of running into a sticky situation. Um, my neighbors agreed to sell me their townhouse. Um, there's a whole bunch of issues with the townhouse. Um, uh, like I said, I lived next door to them for about 10 years. Um, the place where I was living was appraised at like 380. Most of the comps are going through 380, 390. Okay. Uh, one went for about four. And I'm just throwing out comps. One went for 460, but the place was completely gutted, hardwood floors, updated, you know, right. top of the line, everything. The neighbor's house uh, has never been updated in 40 years. Some of the original appliances are there, the original cabinet, the original countertops. The original carpet, and that means bathrooms are carpeted. Mm. The original toilets. Mm. Uh, the downstairs has not been renovated, remodeled. Uh, most every other place, the downstairs has been done. Uh, laundry room's been done uh, in these places. Bathrooms are done. They haven't done anything. Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, they're hoarders. Huh. Um, so it has a lot of stuff in it. In the place. <laughs> A lot is an understatement. It'll take me two weeks to clean it out. Wow. Um, wow. So we had we had a an agreement for because I'm looking at just to get the place up to date would be about eighty, ninety thousand and I've still got to clean the place out. Okay. And they said three hundred thousand, which again eighty, ninety below. Well, a realtor we were doing a person person transaction, a realtor got wind of it and um he decided no because that was going to hurt the property values in the area. Um, but it wouldn't have been he, an arm's length sale, so it wouldn't have gone against. You know, an arm's length sale. What, what, what does that mean? I'm sorry to interrupt. I mean, if 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 your neighbors were going to sell it to you, then it would be between you two, so it wouldn't be used as a comp for other properties because it wasn't on the open market. Okay, because he's actually got his people sticking. There's issues here, too, because one of the neighbors, just to be upfront, is having health issues. They're claiming he's incompetent, and he's the one who's got it in the trust. Okay. Um, the wife is begging him to sell him sell me this house, and she's thinking, okay, um, 300000 is fair because of all the work he's got to do. And there is, oh, and then there's a big hole in the ceiling from when there was water drainage. The water's been fixed but they never fix the ceiling. So this lawyer now who is claiming this guy's incompetent, I'm sorry, but I don't know where a lawyer uh, can make that judgment, also determine that he's competent enough to hire her, but not hire, hire, competent enough to make a real estate decision. So that's going to be an issue. There's a lot of issues. Yeah, sounds like sure. um, But I've known them for over 10 years. 
and that's why they've given me the opportunity to buy this house. Sure. And they're fine. They made the agreement. Now this lawyer is stepping in and saying, no, the agreement's null and void. So there's a lot Did of Did you have anything in writing, on. by the now way, Mike, ahead of time? What's that? Did you have anything in writing? I mean, there are you know verbal oral contracts as well, despite what this attorney may be saying. But did you have anything in writing prior to you know kind of solidify no, what I, we're I, doing? I literally, yeah, I literally went in, filled out a buyer seller agreement, and I'm doing the closing costs. They right. Basically, I'm just giving them three hundred thousand, and they walk away from it. Okay. If, did they if sign I'm that? The new furnace two days later. I take care of it. Did they sign that buyer's uh, agreement? No, they didn't because oh. that's when. That's when the attorney got involved. Yeah, involved. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was actually having the. Um, now they live in assisted living. That's why I want to sell it. I see. Again, it gets complicated. I wanted the administrator there to make sure yeah. that everything was fine. You, you, you uh, have a lot of, in my opinion, a, le- a lot of legal questions. I'd call Kevin Flesh, who's yeah. our, you know, legal eagle here at. KLZ and Rush to Reason and Drive Radio and all of that. So call Kevin, Mike. This is right up his alley. 303-806-8886. Yeah, tell him I talk. Okay. You tell him you talk to me on the air. You you, you got some questions and so on. And he would be a guy on your side where he could really say, well, yeah. you know, this is the next part of the process yeah. that we need to do to get things handled. And he understands yeah. this part of it very well. Okay, thank you very much. You are very welcome, Mike. I appreciate that. And I've got a few more questions for Kim as soon as we come back. If you do as well, please call us at Kim's our resident expert appraiser. Expert. That we have right here. (laughs) So 303-477-5600. You can also text us 307-200-8222. We'll be right back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National the No Surprises Insurance Agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager All-in-One Loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to $2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. RoofMax is the fountain of life for your roof and will bring your shingles back to life. 
The natural oils in the asphalt protect your roof as weather and temperature cause the material to expand and contract daily. This oil gradually evaporates over time, causing your shingles to dry out and lose their flexibility. You may start to see your shingles cracking, breaking, streaking, and curling. Granules may begin flaking off. RoofMax could reverse minor curling, cracking, and granule loss to make your shingles like new again. The water-soluble plant-based treatment extends the life of your roof by at least five years, guaranteed. Call Dave Hart now for a free assessment of your asphalt shingles. 303-710-6916. He will go anywhere from the eastern slope to the eastern Colorado border and from Cheyenne to the southern border. Mention Rush to Reason for $100 off your treatment. 303-710-6916. Call for an AC estimate? Get only an AC estimate. Anytime an HVAC technician tries to upsell you during your estimate, that's not a technician. That's a salesperson. You watch. Later on, a completely different person will come over to install your unit. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will not send a salesperson to your house. Your first appointment will be with the technician who installs the unit. Their goal is to give you the service you called for, not convince you to spend more money. The entire team at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air meets for training every Tuesday, and they hear the same message each week. Their job is to make the customer's home more comfortable. You called because you wanted cooler, cleaner air in your house. So that's what you'll get. Your Absolute Electrical Heating and Air technician will give you three pricing options for the only service you requested. Air conditioning. Call 720-526-0231 now and get what you called for. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. And again, thank you, Absolute, for being a great sponsor, along with RoofMax and Affordable Interest Mortgage and American National Insurance and, and all Arc, of our great sponsors. Arc. We appreciate them all. Arc Electric, uh, all of them. Guys, thank yep. you very much. We appreciate each and every one of you. All of our sponsors are listed on the website, fixitradio.com. Just go check it out. They're all there. Uh, all the phone numbers. It's easy. Just make sure when you call them, you tell them that you listen to the radio it does help immensely. So Dave Harp from RoofMax actually texted in Kim to you a question and wanted to know, does roof condition have an effect upon the appraised value of the house? Yes. And uh, How much? Well, they would have to do a cost to cure. Okay. So they would have to call this gentleman that's... Co- Dave Hart. Yes. And ask, you know, how much it would be to fix that. And then they would put that as a condition of the appraisal. I see. And be it sub- make it subject to... I see. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, Dave, yes. For everybody yes. else out there listening that used Dave to do their roof inspections, and we were just explaining to Kim what Dave does and how he can rejuvenate your roof and get more life out of it and so on, that's what Dave does. So to answer your question, Dave, yes, it does. And for all of you listening, yes, the condition of your roof has a lot to do with your appraised value, whether you're buying the house, selling the house, or refinancing the house. All of that gets thrown into there. Yeah, and you got to think about it. Would you want to buy a house with a bad roof? No. No. Because then you got an expense there to fix it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you better be taking that into account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk. I know we talked two through one of the breaks, and Joe kind of mentioned it briefly, and you got into it a minute ago with you know fencing and so on. But let's add to that landscaping. A lot of folks get, let's face it, overboard maybe on the landscape end of things. Is there a value to having a lot of extra landscaping? And again, I know you're talk. You're in the kind of the rural area and all of that, and we've got folks listening that are in town and so on. But in general, how does the landscaping side of the fence work? 
like I said, it, it depends if it's supportable. And sometimes when you go overboard with whatever your personal preferences is are, that's your personal preference, and it may not have value to someone that's buying the house. Maybe okay. they want to come in and say, mm, don't like it. When don't a like bulldozer. those trees. Don't like this. Yes. Don't like that. It totally okay. could be Makes that simple. What about outdoor kitchens? Um, same same thing. Okay. Outdoor kitchens, um, you, those are sometimes they're, you can adjust for them if you have support. Sometimes you can't, and then you lean. Okay. And same with outdoor fireplaces, that okay. type of thing. Those are those are always a big question. Because in some cases, I mean, because some of these can get pretty extravagant. People Definitely. can spend a ton of money on them. But keep in mind, when you get to that price point where people have those, then a lot of the comps have those. Okay. So you're supporting it through the other comps and that anyway. So Correct. It, 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 Correct. And, and I know this comes up all the time because I have one. Swimming pools, by the way, everybody listening, do not add value in some cases detract. Correct. I don't ever think they detract but necessarily, they but they're very hard to. They're, they're hard to comp in Colorado because we don't have that many, right? Well, you know, they're starting to get a little bit more and a little bit more, even out east on rural properties. A lot of people have those. A lot of people have those those pools that are uh, that have the jets where you can just swim in oh, place. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what they're called, but. Yeah. Swim spas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not. Okay. I yeah. Did. So they're getting more popular. They're getting more popular. And our if, if, if you haven't noticed, our weather's changed a little bit. Yeah. It's getting a little warmer. Yeah. yeah and people want to cool off. And, and we've got people coming from other areas where pools were popular. Mm. I mean, let's face it. Growing up in Colorado, they weren't all of no. my years here. No. Um, I happen to own one now that has one. But if it had, you know, again, it came with the house. I don't know that I would go put one in. But I don't know. We've enjoyed it. And I don't know if people realize that, but there's a law about swimming pools huh? that you, like out in a rural area where we live, Kim, you, you're not allowed to, you're not supposed to fill it with your well. You're supposed to have a company sure. come out and pump it in. Right. And yeah. get a permit for it. Yes, mm-hmm. you have. Yes. Permit, mm-hmm. yeah. And every, every area, city, county, it's and so on has mm-hmm. different, that's a whole other topic, by the way. We could do a whole show on swimming pools. On yeah, we should. Some require cover. Some require fencing. Some yep. require locked fencing. I mean, it depends on where yeah. you're at, the county, the city, and so on. There's a ton of rules well, around them. Well, even a pond. Did you know, like, uh, we had um, uh, a years ago, we had a, a gentleman that got killed out there, and his wife or his mom wanted to put a, a little pool or a pond at the church. And the insurance company said, no way. Because mm-hmm. even if it is right. three inches, right. someone could die. Somebody dies, right. and there's a and then there's a, yes. Yeah, so they said yes. there's no way unless you – and yeah. you'd have to put a six-foot fence yes. around it and everything else. Yes. So there's a lot of things that come into play with all that stuff, and I doubt it would add value to a building or a, a place. I mean, how would you value that, you know? There again, you have personal preference. Right. Yes. A lot of people, they buy these homes with swimming pools, and they fill them in. Yeah. Well, same with a pond. I imagine yeah. if someone doesn't mm-hmm. want koi, and I have a right. koi pond – right. And they're going to, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, uh, one, of, it. one of the people that lives between our houses had a koi pond. He filled it in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, I got some more questions for Kim. We'll take a uh, call here first, though, before I get to that. In fact, may even do it after our next break. Robert in Denver is next. Robert, welcome. How are you, sir? Oh, well, I'm fine. Good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you discussed the right way to uh, sharpen a lawnmower blade. Yes. I'd like you to talk about today the right way to sharpen uh, lawn and other aside from that other lawn and garden hand tools like axes machetes 
hedge clippers, loppers, shovels, uh, there's, and, and the right equipment to use. There's mill files, sharpening stones. They even make this puck-sized sharpening stone to use. Yep. I would just like your opinion, the right way to do it. I mean, if you look on YouTube, there's ten different ways. There is, and there's a gazillion different gimmick. I, I think a lot of them are gimmicky, Robert, when it yeah. comes to sharpening. A lot of these tools that you just mentioned, by the way, can be sharpened with just regular you know, gr- uh, grinders and files and Bench things. Grinder. That you, yeah, yeah, things that you've got around the, the shop already, typically around your garage already. You don't need to go out and invest a lot of money into, especially when you start talking about, you know, axes and shovels and things like that. Now, first things first, you have to look at what is the condition of the edge to begin with. And what I mean by that for everybody listening is if it's a pretty decent edge and it's just dull, but there's not a lot of chips and nicks and so on in it, you can take a regular, uh, you know, fine file, I would call it. I guess it would be the best way to say it. Not a coarse file, but a fine file. And literally, Robert, put the edge right back on it, and, yeah. and away you it go. It just and takes that's all a little bit of time. You've got to be patient with it. That's it. it you, and, you, and, you and the key there is away, keeping it level. file away from the, the tool, correct? Away from the edge. Well, you know, as you're as you're trying to get the initial edge back on, you you can actually file it both directions, and then yes, as you're trying to get that finished edge on it, you would want to file away from the main part of the tool. Yes. All right, but now on a on a, a blade edge like a machete or an axe, you would I've seen things you're supposed to go lengthwise to sharpen. Is that right, or you still just go away from? You're going to go away and lengthwise at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, I know this is hard to explain on. On radio, but yeah, you're going to push it away from you, down on the item you're sharpening, and run lengthwise across the blade. And kind of go away out. Away from you. And going out. That's right. Yeah. Not and into the blade. The thing about sharpening the axes and the machetes, you've got to take a lot of time with those. They yes. take a lot more time than a shovel, say. Correct. A shovel, you can kind of... You can take you, a little grinder to it, and away you go. Yeah, and you just got to make sure the pits. That, that's right. That's, that, those are the ones that are the dangerous things. And people don't sharpen their shovels. Mm-mm. You'll go to someone's house and they'll go, hey, can you help me do this? You go to dig and you're like, this is like a blunt well, instrument. because there's a dig shovel versus a <laughs> scoop shovel. Yeah. There's two, you know, if you're yeah. moving rock, that's one shovel versus one that you're digging dirt with. Right. All right and you, you prefer, you prefer the, uh, something like a mill file rather than these sharpening stones that you I do. And, yeah. you know, for, for what you're talking about, yes. In fact, most things around the house along those lines, I don't know why... You'd ever real a machete would be the only exception to where you'd want to put a stone on it, Robert. Anything else, a regular file, you know, yeah. fine file will do everything you yeah. need. Yeah, I and, do. And, I do my my axe with a fi- fine file. Right. I don't do it with a stone because it's going to get dull again. The only place to really, I think, have and they make a lot of great tools for this is if you've got a chainsaw and you're trying to sharpen the blade on the chainsaw. Unless you're really familiar with using a round file and getting the right direction and so on, there are a lot of great tools for doing chainsaws where it keeps that angle correct and gets the right edge on the chain itself. I found a little Dremel discs that work really good on those. Uh, they're little round ones, and they work perfect. But on the chainsaw, you got to worry about is the, the one behind the cutter. That's right. Because right. if it gets too high, that's right. it's not going to cut. And again, there, th- that is one of those areas, yeah. Robert, where for the novices, there are tools made that help with those. Yeah. Well, now, the, like hedge clippers and loppers, you think just a, a fine file yep. on the yeah. fine file oh, works. Yeah. That's all you need. They they you know they've got enough power and enough. Uh, uh, how do I want to say? You know the things that you're trying to cut with on those. You know we're not cutting paper. You know no. we're cutting weeds and yeah. branches and things like that. As long as it's good and sharp, you'll be fine. Yeah, and I take those apart because they're hard to sharpen yeah. when they're yeah. all together. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and use and a little I'll... bit of oil too helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That honing oil. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Always helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's. What they recommend if you're using the stones is to use the oil. And it doesn't hurt on a file yeah, either, Yeah, it doesn't Robert. hurt, yeah. And oh, if okay. you don't have, and for everybody listening, if you don't have any you know, honing oil around, WD-40 works fine, too. It works great. 
Yeah. Oh, WD-40 work? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. I've yes. got plenty of that. And also, I didn't know this, but apparently they make these little files, these little small round files to sharpen serrated edges. Is that correct? Yes, Does that, that is really correct. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, they work great. Yeah, that's exactly you how you do it. just take the little thing and, and sharpen away into the little gap in the... Yep, in and the, again, you, you want to go away, away from you, yeah. not to you. Yes. yes. Okay, and that's all you can do is just sharpen it away a few times. Are, are those... You want to find one of those, uh, a fine... Do they come in coarse and fine? Yes, they, yes, all, they do. All, as far as I know, even some of the small, some of the smallest round files are. And by the way, files come in every shape and size you could ever imagine, Robert. They're triangle, they're they're U shaped, they're V shaped. They're I mean, you you go down the list. There's a gazillion different files you can buy. And I think for around the house, having a good solid, you know, nice fine flat file, a coarse flat file. Uh, a U-shaped fine file and a couple different round files, you know, coarse and fine would be great to do most of what you have around the house. Yeah. yeah but you I, literally I, can get a toolbox full of files yeah. if you want. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got a couple uh, hedge clippers that with the serrated edge, and I didn't know if you could. You sure can do it that way. Yeah. Yes, okay. that'd be the way to do it. And if you go to garage sales, a lot of people are selling files. They have no idea what grab they're em. worth. And grab them. Grab them. They're only like 3 bucks. That's right. Grab them. For like 10 you know, so you can get yep. a lot of files there. That's and people right. don't know what they got. Okay. Great point. All right. Well, thank you very much for your you're help. Ve- no, you're here. very welcome, Robert. Thank you very much, too. And, and by the way, for some of you listening, this is another little tip and, and trick here. If you don't have a file around and you have some of these things you want to sharpen, but you have some sandpaper kicking around, a two-by-four and some sandpaper, you can also yeah. do the same thing. That's yeah. kind of the poor man's file. But <laughs> yeah, it is. You, you can actually That's get it done that way, with. too, if yeah. you need to. Yeah. So, all right. I got some more questions for Kim. If any of you have any other questions, give us a call, 303-477-5600. The text line, 307-200-8222. If you're listening to us on Tuesday or Sunday, thank you much. We'll uh, take those uh, those text messages as well. We'll get those answered. But in the meantime, we'll come right back. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303 6620 789 
That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Managers control their employees. Leaders empower them. John Rush will teach you how to run your business as a leader, not manager, so you have the freedom to do what you love. You went into business for yourself because you wanted freedom, but right now your business couldn't last one day without your involvement. Learn how to stop micromanaging and give your employees more responsibility so you can step back and enjoy yourself. Send an email to john at rushtoreason.com. Call for an AC estimate? Get only an AC estimate. Anytime an HVAC technician tries to upsell you during your estimate, that's not a technician. That's a salesperson. You watch. Later on, a completely different person will come over to install your unit. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will not send a salesperson to your house. Your first appointment will be with the technician who installs the unit. Their goal is to give you the service you called for, not convince you to spend more money. The entire team at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air meets for training every Tuesday, and they hear the same message each week. Their job is to make the customer's home more comfortable. You called because you wanted cooler, cleaner air in your house. So that's what you'll get. Your Absolute Electrical Heating and Air technician will give you three pricing options for the only service you requested. Air conditioning. Call 720-526-0231 now and get what you called for. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, guys. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Mike and Aurora has a question on scissors. Mike, welcome. Uh, good morning. Um, first, I'm wondering, did you get rid of your giant cross yet? Uh, you know what? Somebody called last night at 6, and I may very well have, yes. So that was perfect. Oh, that's great. I should have done yeah, that a long time okay. ago, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, really. I didn't think uh, about it. I, sh- I, I was doing it last night just because I, I don't know, it just popped into my head. But I should have meant, I should have mentioned it, you know, years ago, Mike. I've had the thing forever. Oh yeah. Anyways. That's, well, that's, that's power cool. radio. Here we go. Yeah, and uh, uh, don't forget, avoid jury duty. That, oh, exactly, exactly. All right, what question you got for us, Mike? Uh, I I don't know if you covered this yet. Um, how do you sharpen scissors? Someone said to hire someone. Yeah. That's why I didn't mention it because they they're a pain in the they rear. They are a pain. Hire yeah. someone. There's 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 uh, yeah. sharpening you know scissor sharpening companies all over town. Just go drop them off and get them sharpened. If they're good scissors. Oh. Now if they're if they're the type you buy at you know you know wherever Target, Home Depot, whatever, and they're the throwaway type, you use them until they're dull. You throw them away and you know go buy a new they pair. They come in a three pack for like yeah, ten bucks. Yeah, buy a new pair. Yeah. But if you've got some, you know, like I've got some old upholstery scissors and things like that, Mike, I have those professionally sharpened. Because you can ruin yeah, a set I, I, really quick if you don't do it right. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, scissors, like everything. It's That's why I didn't mention scissors on purpose because, frankly, they're they're not worth for the little bit they charge you. You know, ten ten or twelve bucks they charge you to sharpen a pair. Take them in. Yep, I do the same with saw blades. When we had an upholstery shop years ago, there used to be a. There's actually companies that run around in little vans that will go yeah. to those types of yeah. businesses and sharpen their scissors. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just buy cheap, uh, cheap ones. Yeah, if you do that, toss them and buy paper. new ones. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I buy them at the dollar store. There you go. But uh, used to, yeah, it used to be that. Well, they said to uh, run them through. I, I forgot what uh, grade of uh, uh, 
of sandpaper. Yeah, they said that you, that you could sharp- cut sandpaper to sharpen back. Again, just hire somebody and do no, it. If you've I, got really nice yeah. pair of scissors, do that. Yeah, I tried. I tried it. It didn't work. No, it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. No, great question. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. All right, I got a couple more questions for Kim before we close the show out today, and she's our expert appraisal. And you mentioned this, you kind of touched on it, but I wanted to make sure that we got into this a little bit farther, and that is the sort of the, you know, home decorating slash remodeling, and there's a lot of that going on now. There's a lot of older homes. We even heard the one person call in, you know, asking about the condo and the remodels and all the different things that way. Where is that line of... You know, you have your own personal tastes. There's certain things that you want, but you don't want to go overboard because you may not get the, you know, unless you're going to stay in the house for a very, you know, for a super long time. But if you're just looking to stay in the house the next four or five years, where's that line of doing too much to where you're not going to get the value back out of it? Well, that really depends on your neighborhood. Okay. So, it, so how do folks, I mean, they go tour the neighborhood? Do they ask their neighbors? I mean, how do they know if they're over remodeling? They really don't. Okay. Other than, you know, putting in a gold toilet or something like that. That's a little overboard. Okay. But, um, but I mean, you know, even I, when it I comes always to tell like, people, even when it comes to countertops, real quick, countertops and cabinets, for example, I mean, huge. You can get some really decent, nice things for X price, mm-hmm. or you can go 10 levels above that. Mm-hmm. And again, where, where do you draw that line and is it really neighborhood dependent or it really is neighborhood dependent because there are, uh, some neighborhoods that that makes a huge difference. Okay. And, uh, if, if a lot of gentrification is, is going on all around Colorado. So when you go in and you up, upgrade your house of course your value goes sky high with kitchens and bathrooms okay mostly okay so uh, depending on the materials there are even on the appliance side i mean there's some really nice you know regular whirlpool ge kitchen aid all that kind of stuff or you can go all the way up into you know sub-zero and wolf and so on and so forth is that also a bearing upon the neighborhood and so on when it comes to that no because those are personal property Okay. Those are not part of the real estate. They're removable. Well, but a built-in sub-zero is not. Built-in sub-zero, you know, it's kind of like your landscaping. Will, okay. it, will it add value to the, the is the buyer looking at your house for that? Great question. Uh, okay, really? great answer. Okay. okay. Yeah, because again, some of these are, you know, you buy a wolf oven in a sub-zero fridge, they're, they're staying in the house. They're not coming with you typically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, a sub-zero can be, you know, 25, 30 grand just for the fridge. Mm-hmm. and. Are you going to get that back out of it? And, and or is it going to appraise any higher with that in it is the question. Right. I mean, somebody might be willing if it appraises for one va- one price and the people want that, they may be willing to pay the difference in okay. cash. Okay. Now, I'm guessing, too, when it comes to appraisals, that if you're in one of the higher-end neighborhoods and everybody in the neighborhood has those types of appliances and you don't, can you get nicked for not having that stuff at that point? You could. It would probably be more of a lean. Okay. You okay. know, because we can't we can't adjust for stuff like that. Okay. Right. That so. makes that makes total mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. All right. I know that Dennis is building an outbuilding. Yep. And mm-hmm. I've got a few outbuildings on my place. How do they factor into all of this and how do you guys as appraisers factor those? You know, value those is what I'm trying to say. Well, I, I think each appraiser has their own way of valuing them. Okay. We have uh, what you call Marshall Swift valuation. There's there's a, a few of those valuation companies that you can plug in the the height 
the uh, length, width, whether it has concrete, whether it has heat, insulation, if it has plumbing. And you can put that in there and they can tell you uh, the, the value, the depreciated value, that type of thing. I wish the, guy, I wish the first guy that appraised my or that did my last appraisal here not that long ago would have used that because I, I know from looking at the values he didn't. Mm-hmm. There you go. I didn't know there was a tool for that. Oh, yeah. Do all appraisers know that tool yes, exists? Yes, they should. They hmm. should. The good ones do then. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they should. Because I mean, you have even, to have something. The... You can't be, you can't, look at the price of, of wood this oh, I last, know. I mean, you can't, that, that isn't even keeping up with it, but you have to be aware of, of, it might be a little bit more than, than the Marshall Swift because they're not caught up with all of that. Now it's coming back down. So it's back right. to normal again yeah, there's a little very yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's a little variation mm-hmm. there of how all that mm-hmm. works all and, right and like i said before cost and value are two different things so you have to uh keep that in mind also do overall and we got about a minute left here do overall aesthetics of the house in other words how it looks how clean it is and so on you know, we had the one person call in with the condo where they're hoarders and so on you does any of that have a play into the value of the house as as a person you're you're you try to get past that because you're trained to look past that you're trained to look at the structure okay the condition square footage those sorts of things the condition of let's just say if it has holes in the walls holes in the ceiling um the condition the quality how it's built okay kind of structure it is okay you look past the dirt and look look at the actual structure itself you look past the clothes laying all over okay hmm that's interesting that'd be tough yeah, it would be. I think it would be the, tough. It, it, the that's only, why I'm not an appraiser because I, yeah, I couldn't do it. Do I couldn't it. The only, it. the only, the only thing that I have an issue with is safety. Is when you're trying to measure, walk from one side of the room to the other. There are times where I've almost yeah. broken my leg because of the stuff. There. Yes. All right, Kim, we'll have you back. This is great, and we'll have more questions. I'm sure that come in. We'll get those to you. And so, any, by the way, any of you that have some questions off air. Please text us 307-200-8222. I can get that to Dennis and then Kim. We can get that figured out. So even those of you that are listening on Sunday and Tuesday, if you have a specific question for Kim, please let me know. We'll get that answered for you. Kim, thanks for joining us. Good Thank stuff. you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Dennis, thanks for bringing her. Yep, Good stuff. Yeah. If you guys are listening on Tuesday, Rush to Reason is next. Thanks for listening to us on that Tuesday. And if it's uh, today, which it is on Saturday, Drive Radio is next. We'll be right back and answer some car questions. we got some great things going on there as well. So don't go away. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560.